Hi, we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Matt in London and Ben in LA. Welcome, guys. It's international break week, which sucks, um, but we're nearly there. We've already got a week left till the fixtures. So I'm going to come to you first. Ben, what is your football moment of probably the last two weeks? Yeah, I, I was saving this one up as soon as, soon as I saw it um, for this week. And my football highlight is uh, Lookman's penalty, Paneka penalty uh, miss against West Ham. It was, I, I was actually watching the game. Um, West Ham, Suchek, a favorite of both you and Matt, uh, <laughs> actually scored in the 85th minute. And I was like, oh, crap. So then I went to look him up and see who was playing him. Um, and then Matt played him and you didn't, Duncan, as you're fully aware. <laughs> And then Fulham miraculously get a penalty in like injury time. Um, everyone knows their trials and tribulations with Mitrovic missing a couple pens. Um, and then uh, I saw Lookman was on it, and I was like, I was like really rooting for him to, you know, to equalize because uh, I know a lot of people have West Ham defenders, and that's I remember now. Andy is two West Ham defenders, so I was like really. <laughs> I, I was I had the WhatsApp I had the WhatsApp ready to to laugh at Andy when this went in, and then he took one of the worst Paneka penalties I've ever seen. It barely made it to Fabianski, and Fancy, Fabianski dived, but then sat down on his <laughs> knees and just put his arm out. <laughs> I know. It was it was so bad, um, and then. Like you could tell the pundits afterwards were like, Ooh, should, should do we feel really bad for him, or is this just like a disgrace of a penalty? And then Scott Parker was just you could tell he was really mad and was just like, you know, there, there's certain ways you miss a penalty in injury time, and that that is not one of the ways to do it. So uh, well, that's, that's my football said. highlight. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And he's he's five million or something like that, isn't he? And if he scored that five million penalty taker, fifth midfielder, that wouldn't have been bad. Uh, but I'm guessing he's not going to take another one. If he does, then he's got enough balls because he's <laughs> yeah, stepping up after that. How about you, Matt? What's your football moment of the week? Well, in a natural segue, uh, talking about Fulham penalty takers, um, I was watching the uh, Scotland qualify for their first major tournament in 20 years um, midweek. So they... Uh, it all looked so very Scotland, um, where they uh, apparently had sort of got the better of the match against Serbia, uh, conceded a goal in the 90th minute, got absolutely pummeled for most of extra time, and I thought they were going to concede at any point then, but cling on for penalties. And you just kind of figure Scotland will be as bad as penalties as England are, um, and Serbia probably going to be quite wily, and they'll, they'll win it there. But no, uh, Scotland slotted every single penalty uh, really well taken. Uh, Scott McTominay smashing one in and, and Robertson smashing one in. Um, and then uh, old Fulham boy Mitrovic misses yet another penalty. Uh, uh, to be fair, he did hit it on target towards the corner, but it was a really good save. Um, and so, yes, Scotland went absolutely mad. Uh, I think Darren Fletcher in the studio was almost crying. Uh, he's been his entire career not qualifying for major tournaments, so he's finally seen his country do it. Oh, that's nice. You guys are living up to the Fanatics name. So Ben's watching West Ham Fulham until injury time and you're watching Scotland Serbia in the international break. It's impressive stuff. <laughs> um, for, my, for my football moment, this comes from my brother. Just shout out to my brother Ali for spotting this one. So Mark Lawrenson, the most probably the most biased pundit, Liverpool pundit ever on the BBC, every week does predictions for the game, uh, for the game week. And uh, almost every single week, he predicts Liverpool to win. And for the first time under, after 159 games for the Man City-Liverpool game, he predicted Liverpool to lose and they didn't lose. So... Yeah, I mean, his predictions were shocking, but even when he uses the thing that he's never used before, uh, Liverpool somehow managed to get a draw. So, yeah, probably the worst pundit in history, I think, Mark Lawrence. He doesn't about that. Yeah, he just got Michael Owen. He's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> he is. I think I sent you guys a screenshot uh, the other day with Michael Owen was punditing. I think he was opposite. Oh, who was it? it? Was another really dull pundit. 
Um, I can't remember, but yeah, he is he he's up there. I mean, at least he's he's less biased than Lawrence and, and Hansen used to be. But anyway, that's enough of real football. Let's move on to FBL. Um, Matt, how was your game week in game week eight? Um, I mean, it was it was really good. I got seventy nine points, uh, but also it was really really bad uh, because I chose this week to transfer out uh, Bruno Fernandez. Uh, who promptly got a massive haul. Um, and, I mean, Jack Grealish and Timo Werner, that I did my two transfers to replace, both did okay. But, um, yeah, that, that one really bites because you just sort of, you, you, you wish that you'd thought about doing a different transfer strategy. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, what could have been? What could have been a massive score? It turned out to be a, a pretty good score with lots of my players uh, scoring. So Kane was a good captain. Werner scored. Calvert-Lewin got an assist. So I've got Grealish now. Salah uh, got, got a penalty, uh, nine points, which is nice. Uh, Concerts finally came in for me in a clean sheet. And uh, also Walker Peters' clean sheet in a bonus point was, was nice to have, and he's a bit of a differential for me. And then last but not least, uh, Suchek, as hero uh, midfielder. I think I'd benched for most of the season. Uh, I'm sure it's a very sensible policy, but... You saw Fulham at home and you thought you couldn't possibly drop him for that. I've been playing him <laughs> been playing every week him for seven weeks now. And finally their fixtures turn and I put him on the bench. Oh dear. Um, so you brought in uh, Grealish and Werner. Who who went for you? So Fernandez went in midfield. Who went, who went up front? Oh, and uh, uh, Mitrovic. So uh, oh, not much pretty. missed. He only got a point. Uh, I got two assists off him last the game week before. Um, but I decided that I was, it was, it was my differential pick for so many weeks, but I, I realized that he was differential because he wasn't a very good pick. Uh, and so I've gone a bit more mainstream. So is, is Werner like a long-term pick? Do you think he's now ready to stay in your team for a, a good period? Um, well, I think it's a good debating point for the rest of the pod because, uh, we're going to come on to like, uh, the Kane and Son, uh, and whether we should transfer them at him out or not, um. But yeah, Werner's definitely means I've got quite a lot of price up front at the moment, so I'm quite front loaded now. Um, but if I, I could potentially see how Kane does and switch down, um, but yeah, I think Werner might be in there for for a while. He seems to be scoring across all the different competitions. Uh, he seems to be racking them up, and Chelsea's got a few few good fixtures coming up. So yeah, he's he got my, a couple couple for Germany, didn't he? Yeah, he's my Chelsea pick for the moment. Um, I know that Ben had Ziyech, which is also a very very good pick this week. Yeah, speaking of CH, Ben, you brought him in this week for 11 points, right, for a hit. Yeah, it's one of those nice nice weeks where you take a hit and you get a green arrow. So uh, I finished the week on 81 points. Um, I'm up to around 250,000 overall rank, so pretty happy about that. Um, so my hit was Jimenez and Foden out. Um, Foden didn't even play against Liverpool. Uh, Jimenez blanked against Leicester um, for Ziyech and Bamford. So that was basically an instant return because Bamford scored against Palace. Was actually pretty, I think, unlucky not to get a brace. Had that ridiculous goal disallowed for offside where his like, arm was offside. Uh, and then, yeah, Ziyech, his crossing is so good. <laughs> so he basically got two assists and three bonus. Uh, he assisted my other player, Chilwell, for a goal. So, yeah, I was really happy about that. Um, yeah, it was a really good week for me. Basically, none of, none of my plays really blanked. Because um, I had Martinez who, uh, and Grealish, who did really well against Arsenal. I had Lamptey, Chilwell, who scored. Uh, Salah scored a pen. I had Kane captain, uh, Calvert-Lewin, Grealish assist. Um, the only downside for me is Trent got injured. It looks like he's out for a month. So... Um, we'll have to deal with him, which I think is probably a good forcing function because, you know, I was already wondering about him and he's just been blanking for five game weeks in a row. You have Van Dyke and Joe Gomez now like out for like the whole season. So I think there are a lot of questions on the Liverpool defence. So maybe his injury is just a good forcing function to me to, to get rid. Have you held him up till now? You haven't made an early transfer because he's taken a price drop, hasn't he? I did. I risked it. I went with... Uh, Gary's going to be thrilled about this. Um, 
I Diaz. went with Diaz. I was thinking Cancelo because he just looks so good and has more attacking threat, but I'm just so wary of Pep just for some reason dropping him for Mendy when he gets back or something ridiculous. I yeah. think uh, Cancelo would have been the flair move, but I went boring and I was like, I'm just going Ruben Diaz. And I've just been following the Portugal matches and praying he doesn't get injured. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm starting to see why you guys said you were available for this pod with scores of 79 and 81. <laughs> I, I kind of thought uh, at the end of the game week that I'd had a good week. I, I'd had a good week by my standards so far this season. So I finished on 61 points without a hit, which is unusual for me this season. No hit. And uh, I thought that was a decent enough score, but... Uh, I think I got a green arrow, but I, I couldn't actually see that my overall rank has actually moved anywhere. You know, when you're like around a million and then you look at your rank at the end of the week and you're still around a million with some numbers after it. So, yeah, not basically treading water. I, uh, Captain Kane had Bamford, Mane. Um, yeah, decent week. I brought, brought in Martinez for Ryan and I was sweating when... Uh, Ryan came in and got a clean sheet for Brighton um, but I had a sneaky feeling that Martinez was coming back to the Emirates was going to have a really good game <laughs> in, in actual fact he didn't because he didn't you get didn't tested do, have to do anything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything. but uh, I'm happy with his fixtures and it's nice to have a player that you kind of really like in your team so yeah um, apart from that the only kind of silver lining for me is that I don't have Salah and you guys haven't kind of mentioned it. You mentioned the Trent injury, but I've had a look at the, our kind of mini league and almost everyone seems to have Salah apart from me and Gary with our trying to be alternative picks of Mane, but it looks like he's got COVID now. So that's kind of our first talking point. Um, what to do about Salah's positive COVID test. What do you reckon, Matt? Um, so I have a wild card in my back pocket. Um, which I might save for next game week. Um, so it it what, what's tempting for me, and I guess I, I, because I've got this wild card option, uh, I've got sort of the unique opportunity. I might just trade him out for that. He's probably going to miss one game week. Um, it's a question mark about does he miss more than one game week um, with, with COVID. So I think I probably don't have too much uh, sort of transfer value tied up in him because I don't think he's gone up so much in the. In, in transfer value since I put him in. Um, so I, I, I think I'll probably ship him out. Um, and then if he recovers, then I can ship him back in in a few weeks' time. Yeah, that's really nice to have in your back pocket. It does seem slightly crazy to use your wildcard just on one player. But, I mean, could you not ship him out? Well, no, so, so what, yeah, I won't be... I'll probably ship him out this week. Uh, I'm not doing a wildcard this week. I'll probably do... Uh, but I might be doing a wildcard next week or the week after. Um, so uh, if I, I ship him out now, probably for someone like Bruno Fernandes, who I've just sold, <laughs> having missed out on his goals, um, and get him in probably for his, his another run of blanks that he did for me. Uh, and then when Salah re- recovers, uh, I'll have the I'll have the option to ship him back in, hopefully quite easily, um, either with a wild card still in my pocket or um, the. Uh, a newly refreshed team that I could probably uh, move, move across to get him again. Kind of hate to say this because uh, we are competing with each other fiercely in our mini leagues, but if you've kept your World Cup up until this point, does it not make sense? Because you're, you're doing all right as well. Does it not make sense to wait until the double game weeks in kind of game week 18, 19 are announced? Yeah, so, I mean... I am trying to hold on with my, my wild card and, and, and clicking on it, but I, I'm getting more and more like fires to put out in my team. Um, so at the moment, we'll talk about it later, uh, there's a bit of a fixture shift for Manchester United and Man, Man City. Um, and then obviously Tottenham's fixtures get more difficult as well. So uh, one way for me to catch up on you guys might be to go with the, uh, go with the ability to sort of ship in some of those big hitters really early. Um, but of course, it's a bit of a risk because they uh, just because their fixtures look easy. Uh, the fact that, that particularly Man United haven't been playing well that much this season means that um, they might not score still. So, uh, but I've got yeah, Dino at the back. Who I'm not happy with Salah now. Obviously out. Son and Kane have uh, sort of difficult fixtures. I've still got Podence. 
I've still got Sace, who doesn't play anymore. So I've got a few, a fair few transfers potentially to make it an ideal world. So that's why I'm tempted early. And if everyone else has played their wild card, then you're not really losing much. You can kind of use it on those Man City and Man United players. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. And then the, the, also, you've got to be careful sometimes that double game week, people build up uh, so much around uh, that, that double game week. But sometimes uh, it can be a bit of a damp squib because maybe there's not too many extra fixtures or the teams that is, do ha- actually have a double game week don't really do much. So it, it doesn't always work out. What about you, Ben? What are you thinking with the big man Salah? Oh, it's a nightmare. So before international break, um, I was contemplating Son to Rashford or Bruno. Uh, but then all these injuries kept, kept coming in. So I had to do Trent to Diaz. Uh, and now I have Salah. And I, I was going to monitor. <laughs> I guess I have to monitor what Liverpool say, like if he's out for one or two game weeks. I am tempted to get rid of him only because I I don't really have a good captain for next game week. And he, he was going to be my captain against Leicester. Um, so I, I, I'm also tempted to do Salah to Bruno and Captain Bruno. Uh, but th- that's one of those moves that I can see just pure, purely backfiring. Because I am just like, West, West Brom have essentially had two weeks off to prepare for this game. <laughs> Man U players are playing internationals up to, I think, midweek Wednesday. So it may not be the thrashing people expect. Um, West Brom so, yeah. looked, looked all right against uh, Tottenham defensively as well, didn't they? Yeah, so it's one of those moves that, I don't know, could backfire, but also could look really smart if Man U haul. Um, and you have Bruno's captain. Um, the other thing that's playing into my thinking is, you know, this past game week I took a hit and got a green arrow, like a really big green arrow. And then whenever that happens, you're just like, oh yeah, that hit didn't really count. Like, it was like... <laughs> so um, I maybe tend to take a hit where I, I do sell up to Bruno captain. Um, and then I think we're going to talk about this a bit later, but and probably have future hits planned to get in some city plays as well. Um, but I will definitely, I definitely will plan to get Salah back at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, oh, it's, no. it's annoying. He didn't do his social distancing in Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> I, ju- I just seen what's going to happen. You know, where these, these things during the season, these always happen where people are kind of forced into transfers. So Salah's, ownership i'm sure is very high it's going to force people into the move that ben is thinking of of going for fernandez for a hit captaining him which people who don't have salah aren't going to do or i'm not going to do for sure and fernandez is going to get two goals and an assist (laughs) it's one it's definitely one of those um there are times in the fpl season where they're just big opportunities to drop and rise in rank I feel like this coming game week is going to be one of those where it's going to be really annoying. Like either, either it's going to pay off really well or it's just going to be a complete disaster. Yeah, because yeah, it's going to push a lot of people in that direction, isn't it? And I know it doesn't affect his chances of scoring on a game, any game week, but the fact that I had him for a few weeks, he did nothing. I transferred him out, he did something massive. If I transfer him back in again... <laughs> I mean, he doesn't do well. I oh. have no expectation he'll do anything. I still might do it because I think it's a sensible thing to do, but <laughs> I feel feel like I'm cursing him. So kind of the Salah question kind of leads into our next talking point, which is game week nine. Ben was mentioning it could be a big one for rank swings. And I kind of wanted to talk about captaincy because I feel like it's a tricky one this week because Man United are the obvious, obvious one, like Ben thinking about Fernandez for West Brom at home. But then apart from that, it's quite tricky. Um, Tottenham are playing Man City. Um, Liverpool are playing Leicester. Leicester, you know, are no kind of soft touch. So I, I guess we kind of know Ben's thoughts. He's thinking maybe Fernandez in for a hit for captaincy. Um, what about you, Matt? Um, so what, this captain this week? Yeah. Yeah, so I now have Timo Werner as an option um, outside of this sort of the usual hitters with Man City and Tottenham playing each other. So 
He's my he's, he's away at Newcastle. That's quite a good fixture, I think, for for Chelsea to potentially score some goals. Uh, and he's been on goal scoring form. So uh, yeah, he, he's definitely a tempter. But I mean, as I said before, I'm planning to sell Salah. Uh, so I'll probably go. That that would be obviously for another big hitter. So uh, if it's Bruno or Rashford or someone like that, then I, I might captain them as well. But um, a week of international fixtures means there's still quite a long way to go. Yeah, there could be more injuries to come. <laughs> um, so do you have Trent, Matt, or have you got rid of him already? Um, I got rid of him already. Um, so to yeah to s- save some cash uh, in a a move that I don't think worked back back a few game weeks ago. But but there we go. Okay, for me, I've got um, I've got kind of two two or three options. I think. Um, see what you guys think. So I've got Mane at uh, home to Leicester with the hope that without Salah, there's more of a focus on Mane. Mane does feel like uh, in recent games when Yota's come in, that he's kind of been shunted out of the forward line slightly. He seems to be pushed out to the wing much more and kind of sticking there a bit more. Um, but maybe this would mean he'd get more involved centrally, which would be nice. So it's him. There's Calvert-Lewin and Rodriguez away to Fulham. And despite Everton looking pretty terrible recently, um, Fulham is a nice fixture and they've got Richarlison back. Rodriguez would hopefully be fitter. Um, They've got Coleman back. So all those kind of key players are are back. So those two are options. And then I guess the final one is maybe Grealish at home to Brighton. Um, I don't know if he's captaincy option yet, but what do you guys think? What do you reckon, Ben? Yeah, I feel like I think those are all good options. I before Salah got injured, I mean after Salah got injured, I was also looking at Calvert Lewin. I just don't know if I trust Calvert Lewin. Um, yeah, I, I feel like he's I, only got. I feel like he's only got one route to goal, which is uh, head from across. There's no penalties. There's no set pieces. That yeah, it seems like he you know he might get kind of a six pointer or something like that. But I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a dullard manager, and so I just I always feel a bit nervous about picking a captain that, from a club that isn't in the top six, basically one of the big big was a big five, big six, um, because they from week to week, Everton. I know they're doing re- start the season really well, but then they stuck they have been tailing off a bit. How many goals will they score against Fulham? You just, you just don't know. I mean, theoretically, they should win it easily, but they're just always going to be a bit more flaky than um, one of the, the big players for the big teams. Sa- same with Villa. Uh, they, again, have started the season really, really well, but you've got to assume they're going to return to the mean at some stage. Uh, even if that means they get sort of a Europa League, they'll, they'll, they might lose games like against Brighton. Also, Fulham really haven't been tonked recently you know a narrow loss to West Ham in the dying minutes they beat West Brom at home kept a clean sheet there Crystal Palace it was a narrow 2-1 loss Sheffield United 1-1 Wolves they lost 1-0 so they are definitely kind of what Gary predicted at the start of the season they're not the same Fulham so far as they were when they were last in the Premier League just kind of shipping goals and uh, their, their back line seems completely changed since the start of the season they now got uh, Anderson and Adarabio. I shouldn't try to pronounce that, but yeah, they look like a quite a different team, so very Parker esque. So yeah, I kind of agree. Maybe it's Mane then for me. My, I'm just looking it up. Mane's record against Leicester: four goals, four assists in eleven games. Okay, that's pretty decent. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, would he be on penalties, or would Milner play it right back instead of Trent? I'm guessing Milner's going to feature somewhere. Yeah, I'm guessing Milner's going to play. Greenish against Brighton is a is more risky, but I kind of like that. Brighton are not good defensively. I feel like. Do you know what they actually are on the stats? Oh, they are. Yeah, I think stats. Why do I not get any Lamptey points then? Ever? You do. You got nine pointer. <laughs> okay, not defensive points. You got not... hey, you got clean sheet got this week. Clean you got sheet a goal last point. week. Yeah, it's true. It's true. How dare play. you? How dare you, <laughs> Lamptey? He's such a little guy, he has to be defended. <laughs> but, um, but I think uh, I've seen recently, I think uh, Fancy Football stat, um, Scout have been tweeting. They've kind of changed their Twitter style and they're like tweeting stats. 
and little tables, graphics they've designed and Brighton are top for uh, fewest chances conceded or something like that since the start of the season. So that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it was something like that. Check, check it out on, um, uh, well, I'll check it out um, while you guys are chatting and I'll kind of check myself. But uh, mm. yeah, I think that stats wise, they're really good. And that would make sense considering they're playing like five center backs, you know, one at left back, one in midfield, three at the back. Um, but, but it's not actually happening on the pitch yet. Maybe this Burnley fixture is the start of that. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm probably going to go Mane then and put Calvert-Lewin vice-captaincy. And you guys sound like you're going down the Fernandez route, um, which makes sense with the positions I think you're both in. Um, next talking point is for you, Ben, and I think it's a familiar topic. Yeah, I wanted to talk about... I love talking about Kane and Son because they're the backbone of my team. Um, and I've gone back and forth from getting rid of one of them, in which case, who would you get rid of, versus getting rid of both of them. And now, and now my, my main question is, do you think Spurs will do well in this upcoming fixture run? They've only basically played one big team so far. No, maybe two big teams, where they lost to Everton and then they thrashed Man U. But I'm really curious what types of games you guys think these will be, like City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. Do you think they're going to be really close games or do you think they're going to be open where then Tottenham can use Son to counterattack? I feel like Son does pretty well in big games too. I always remember him like scoring against Chelsea on the counterattack. Um, so I guess my question first is like, Ignoring FPL, what types of games do you think these will be? Do you think they'll, they'll be close and cagey where then you wouldn't expect too many FPL points? Or do you think they're going to be like open games? Like for, for, for example, this very first one, City-Tottenham, could be 4-4, could be, I don't know, one all. Um, but I, I'm curious what you guys think because I'm going to try and use that to guide if I should get rid or not. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> What do you reckon, Matt? Um, so I think Mourinho is just a defensive coach. Uh, yeah. So he did. I mean, obviously they got a massive score against Man U, uh, but then Man U were dreadful uh, and had a man sent off. And other than that, uh, Kane. Uh, was, hang on, uh, Spurs. I don't think they've been massively high scoring this season. Um, oh no, they got the big score against Southampton as well, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, but not in the last three game weeks. They, yeah. they haven't done much. So even though they're doing well, I think Mourinho's a defensive manager and Spurs don't score many goals. But that doesn't mean that Son or Kane have been great picks, uh, even though the team haven't been scoring many goals because they score all the goals that Spurs score. Uh, they got, they've got those goals and assisting each other all the, all the time. So... Um, my, from my perspective, I've I've got Kane and Son too, uh, and I'm the reason I wasn't wildcarded necessarily this week was just to see what happens in a game like uh, away at home to City, um, because uh, they could easily still keep scoring scoring through against these uh, these big clubs. Yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of now forced to keep them because of the Salah injury. So I also may just use the City game to gauge like how Mourinho plans to attack this new, this set of fixtures. I think um, I'm kind of conflicted on it because I feel like, yeah, I think the games they've done well in are games where there's been space to attack. Um, you know, Southampton played a high line and, and took the game to Tottenham. Man United uh, kind of opened at the back and they wanted to get something out of the game. But in these last three games, so Burnley, Brighton and West Brom the teams have kind of sit in Spurs have had to break them down and really kind of um, battle for their kind of one nils or two ones um, and I feel like there's going to be more space against the bigger teams Chelsea, Man City uh, Liverpool Leicester because they're going to try and get something from the game so they're going to expose the defence a little bit and potentially that counter attack so that's one part of it but I also feel like Tottenham are slowing down from that initial kind of crazy pace they started, Southampton and Man United and Spurs and 
uh, Kane and Son going kind of crazy. It feels like Son especially seems to be slowing down um, in, from the eye test, from what I've seen. So uh, I think out of the two, I'm thinking about keeping Kane because it's um, there's so many other transfers to constantly make. And I find um, when I make one transfer, often I make these transfer plans, you know, like six games, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do that, then I'm going to do this. And you you think about swapping in a player for just like three weeks and then you'll swap them out, but it never works out like that. Each transfer seems to be, you have to think about it for my team quite long-term because you're stuck with them for a while. And I think Kane is a player this season I'm quite happy to be stuck with. Son, I would have loved to have kept, uh, to keep, but I feel like he's just that price where I can swap him out for a Man City player and Man City's run is so good. Whereas I'm less bothered about swapping Kane for a Man City striker because, you know, Aguero might come back, um, Jesus might get injured again, all that kind of stuff. It's just a bit less certain. Yeah, I think I agree. The only other thing you could do with Kane, though, is like you essentially turn him into Brewster and then you turn one of your fifth mids into like a City mid or Bruno Fernandes or Salah when he comes back. I've just... Uh... I've just spent the, the last like eight game weeks trying to fix the fact that I had a 4.5 <laughs> striker uh, who was not playing in Vasilev and Brewster, I just feel is such a bad fit, such a bad transfer for him. I feel like he's been pushed into it. Like his game is totally not suited to Sheffield United who overload on the wings and then get the ball into the box. Like he's tiny, he's small, mm. he's skillful. He wants the ball at his feet he doesn't want his back to goal and I just think it's a really bad fit for him and I just feel it's a matter of time until he they drop him and they they bring in Mousse back from injury or they play Billy Sharp or you know McBurney just plays every game so I I feel like I've just got out of that trap I don't want to get back in there yeah I I mean I I would be getting the, the thing for me is like I'm comparing Kane versus a Sterling or De Bruyne or like a Salah. Because, um, I mean, you're never going to play Brewster. Or, like, I mean, it could be whatever, 4.5. I think, I think that comparison is good. And I don't want to put you off it because I want to beat you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think this season, like, you, you just, it feels like you need your bench more than previous seasons. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. Salah's disappearing. Um, people are getting positive tests here and there. And I've got Mitchell who's now not playing. I've had Vasilev, who's not playing. I've got Saiz, who's not playing. I just feel like every week I'm trying to fix these problems of players not playing. So I don't want another one. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, sensible. What are you doing with Kane and Son, Matt? Um, so um, I, I sort of very much thinking along your lines, um, Kane uh, versus Son, I think Kane seems to be scoring just slightly better at the moment. And as you say, He's like a striker that you don't readily want to replace. There's not like a, a massive candidate out there, um, especially now I've put Werner in my team. Um, so Son is is more easily transferable to um, another midfield big hitter. Fair enough. Um, you happy with that, Ben? Should we move on? Yeah, let's do it. Um, it wouldn't be a fancy fo- football fanatics podcast without some Man U chat. So, Matt, over to you for your talking point. <laughs> well, my talking point is uh, more general than just Man U. It is uh, which out of the two Manchester clubs uh, who now have good <laughs> fixtures coming up <laughs> would, you, would you load up on? Um, so I feel like we've, we've talked about Bruno Fernandes a bit. Uh, if you finish off Man U, um, there's Rashford is tempting many players uh, and there's also uh, Martial up front. Um, and at the back, even, there's a couple of players that you think, well, you never know. Maybe they would get some points over the next few weeks in one Bissaka, the little bonus point magnet when they get clean sheets. Um, Maguire's been scoring some headers. Uh, so would you load up on any Man U players? And uh, if so, which ones? And then likewise, on the Man City side, uh, I think almost maybe a bit more of a talking point. Um, Everyone's talking about De Bruyne as the man to get in, um, and certainly I'm very tempted. But what other Man City players uh, would you maybe go for? I mean, is Sterling, for instance, going to be worth it? 
is it worth it instead of KDB? Uh, I'm guessing because Ben's just sold Foden, he doesn't think Foden's a good pick. Uh, Jesus is quite a good price, 9.3, if he's going to play and he's going for a good run of fixtures. Uh, maybe maybe he'll score some goals. And at the back as well, Cancelo's quite the uh, sort of on-trend pick at the moment with uh, lots of creativity at the back, uh, plus the chance of clean sheets. So yeah, what do you guys think? Can I jump in on Manu's fixtures first? Because I, I just want to question this thing about Manu having a good run of fixtures. West Brom at home is this kind of game week nine captaincy kind of perfect storm. I agree about that. But then it's Southampton away. I think Southampton have got, looked really good defensively recently. West Ham away, same for them. Man City, I think Man City, uh, yeah, that's a kind of tough game. Sheffield United away, okay, it's getting a bit easier and then leads. But it doesn't feel like... Ah, oh, it's a kind of brilliant fixture run for Man United. I've got to load up on three of them. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's better than they've had uh, so far this season. And I mean, yeah, I, I think it depends on your perspective on are Man U a good team. Um, I mean, I agree. You say Southampton and uh, sort of West Ham are playing quite well, but Man U should be beating them and. Uh, should be scoring against them. So uh, I guess it depends on perspective. I think they those are mid-table sides uh, that Man U have got in a bit of a run. Plus they've got some of the easy ones like West Brom, Sheffield United that are well down at the bottom. So I think it's it's a fairly good run. Uh, they might not make it look easy. Uh, and certainly the way that Solskjaer plays sometimes, it doesn't look easy. But um, it's, it's about as good as it gets for Man U, I think. I, uh, I, I this is a common theme for me this season. I I kind of look at people's runs and I'm like, they all look really hard because I I I think I feel it more this season than last. I feel like there aren't really the same kind of level whipping boys as we've had in the past, like the Fulhams from a couple of years ago, Norwich from last season. Like it feels like the level has gone up a bit, and now the kind of teams down at the bottom of the league are Burnley, who are still pretty hard to beat. Um, it feels like it's yeah maybe we pick on form rather than fixtures um, but yeah sorry Ben what do you think Man U Man City yeah I kind of agree the, the Man U run doesn't look that great but it may be good enough to warrant like one player uh, probably Fernandez or Rashford I think Fernandez's stats since joining FPL are like incredible like I think he averages, I don't know, seven or eight points. I think he's outscoring De Bruyne since joining. Um, so I think he is probably the safest pick. Um, I wouldn't go near any other Manu players until they start showing some form, um, especially Martial, who I loved last season in midfield. I had him and he, he served me well, but doesn't look on it right now. Um, Man City. Yeah, this one's a tough one because... Uh, I have one spot reserved in my midfield for City mid, and I can't I can't make up my mind whether it is Raheem Sterling or Kevin De Bruyne. You know, Aguero is coming back soon, and you assume he takes back penalties from De Bruyne. Does that cap De Bruyne's upside? Sterling, especially last season, I was really burned by him, and I think that's how you overtook me, Duncan. Was you brought in Raheem and? he went from not really doing much to like just getting these massive hauls. Um, so I think he also is a decent pick and I think he, you know, Burnley at home and then Fulham at home and then West Brom at home, Newcastle at home. I mean, that run looks insane. Um, I think my guess is Sterling has more upside, but De Bruyne is a safer, like, you know, safer pick. Um, and then obviously I've gone Ruben Diaz because I just <laughs> look at those fixtures and I'm like, they're going to keep clean sheets. Burnley's not even going to touch the ball. Not, neither is Fulham. Um, and I also did it to spike Gary as well. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in full agreement about uh, Man City defenders. Um, I think, yeah, Burnley at home, Fulham at home, West Brom at home, Newcastle at home, Brighton at home, Crystal Palace at home. It just is clean sheet heaven. And I think Diaz, I agree completely, is the man to go for. 5.5, uh, right? 5.5, yep. 5.5, and he looks like pretty assured of a start. So He doesn't get bonus, though, is the only thing I've noticed. He, he doesn't seem yeah. to be. Yeah. He looks like he, 
he's a bit of a threat from set pieces, so maybe uh, something from that. But yeah, I agree. Cancelo is is the World Cup. You know, actually, who I was looking at when I was fiddling around with my potential transfers is Walker at six point one, um, because I feel like he's he's up there with Diaz in terms of assurances of starts. Um, yeah, he doesn't get a huge amount of bonus, doesn't get a huge amount of attacking returns, but he will play. So, and he's going to be more attacking than Diaz. Um, I'm surprised about you both dismissing Cancelo, um, who's cheaper than Diaz, only by a point one. But in his last, was it three weeks, he's picked up bonus points uh, galore, and he's got an assist, and he's really high up there on the creativity stats um, on the whole of FPL at the moment. So. It's just the um, Mendes just come back from injury. You've got Sinchenko there as well. Um, I know Aki's picked up an injury on international, but he can play left back as well. Um, so I just feel like Cancelo isn't assured of start. Yeah, he's, he's playing. He's, he's playing so well, though. I I can't imagine. I think he's the flair pick. I really wanted to pick him, but I just like I I could just imagine myself waking up one Saturday and. Think he's been dropped for Zinchenko and just being like, fuck you, Pep. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that is, it, it is the upside, though, isn't it? Because, like, Zinchenko yeah. could get you bonus points and goals and assists, as well as clean sheets if he plays. Uh, Diaz is going to plod along with six points, but you know he'll play. Um, but yeah, so it depends if you're a Delard or a Maverick. Yeah, well, it's clear which one I am, so that's, that's why I picked him. <laughs> On uh, on the Sterling or De Bruyne uh, decision, my answer is both. I think, Oof. like based on their fixtures and how long term, how you know how good they are long term, I just think you know both is the answer really because then you're going to cover it. And I've got space in my team for two premium midfielders. That was always the plan from the start of the season. So the only kind of fixture that worries you a bit. Potentially is Fulham away in game week 12 when Man City play Man United away. But um, maybe you don't go with all, th- you know, all three or two Sterling and De Bruyne until game week 13 after that fixture. Um, yeah. So you're not worried about not having Mo? Mo Salah? Yeah. Uh, well, obviously I am, yeah, because he's best player in the league. Um, but I've got Mane and I, I could have gone Salah when I went Mane and that was kind of a decision to save some budget because Salah would have stopped me doing some of the things I want to do and I thought Mane could still keep up with him a little bit and he's done all right. Um, but but you, you'll have to get rid of Mane, right, to get double Man City mid? I could, yeah. I could wait until game week 13. Oh, so okay. Keep you're just going to wait. Got keep it. Mane until Fulham, Fulham away. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, and, oh, then, I see, yeah. and then Liverpool will play Tottenham at home and you can switch to a Man City midfielder for West Brom at home, which would be pretty nice. But yeah, um, does that answer your question, Matt, for the Manchester clubs? I mean, it kind of does, but it, I guess I think that the thing that's coming out of this is that people want to load up on Man City, but there's only really three or four Man City players you actually want because, and then they're all, well, there's the big hitters in midfield of uh, Sterling and um, uh, De Bruyne, but no one wants any of the other midfielders like Foden. No one wants Jesus up front. Uh, and then there's one defender that you'd want, probably not two. So, uh, yeah, it's not actually... It, I think it could be quite... Um, we could have quite a lot of template teams over the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm just looking at um, Aguero to see when he comes back. And they're saying... He's coming back in the next game week. So that kind of, that make, I, you know, Jesus at 9.3 would have been really interesting, especially considering he scored on his return and in Europe as well, I think. But um, yeah, Aguero nearly back, that kind of rules him out. The, there was an interesting pick where um, Torres, the new signing, was playing up front in their absence and looked quite sharp. But his minutes in the Premier League are pretty awful. So yeah, it's just a, a nightmare pick for a manager like Pep. Yeah, I kind of agree. It, it does feel very template, um, the kind of picks from those. But yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt this, but uh, apparently Ben Chilwell has gone off injured. 
playing against Belgium, which is terrible for me. Oh, my God. Oh, man. How far are we into the game? We should have said we're recording during it. I think he's gone off 38th minute. He's uh, limped off. So there you oh, go. Oh, God. That's not even like a protecting him kind of injury, is it? That's the <laughs> start of the game. I think I'm the only one with Chilwell, too, which is annoying. Yeah, well, he's, done, nearly, he's done all right. I, yeah, I very nearly put him in, if it's any consolation, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> oh, thanks, Matt. That really helps. <laughs> um, should we have a break? And when we come back, we can see how you guys are getting on in the Listener League. And yeah, look ahead to the next game week. Yeah, it was there. He just didn't get the height. I think John Lundson's been told to strip off, to be honest. Phil Ford looks as if he's stripping off. Okay, how are things in the Listener League, Ben? Yeah, so running through the top five, Darren Axton still keeps his place in first. Uh, second is Morton Leongbo. Uh, third is Sun, who has dropped down from second. Uh, Adam O'Connor is fourth. And then Nick Jones is fifth. Uh, top scorer this week is uh, Morton in second place. He got a whopping 89 points. Uh, fueled by Carl Walker-Peters with nine, Chilwell with eight. He had Salah. Uh, he had Bruno Fernandes, 17 points. Could have been Newmat. Um, and then Captain Kane. Um, so really high score. I was looking for the lowest score. Uh, the lowest score is by Lampasse, uh, who got 29 points. Um, which is not so hot this week, which was a pretty high-scoring week. Um, their team is Matt Ryan, Kilman, Dean, Egan, Sterling, Son, Salah, Jorginho, Mope, Jimenez, Mitrovic. So on paper, it doesn't look too bad, but this was a bad week for it. Um, so only 29 points there. Um, so yeah, that's the Listeners League. Uh, the Potters... I feel like none of us are. Let's see. I'm, the closest. Right. Yeah. I'm the closest with an eighth place. And then is it Gar- Gary's 19th? And then I don't know where you are, Duncan and Matt. You're just so low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up to 54th, if you must know. Okay. That's good to know. Okay. I kind of feel like for captains and transfers, we've kind of covered it, right? Um, Ben is just going <laughs> to be transferring. Well, now, now what we're going to do with Chilwell. Like, I know. Do I get rid of Chilwell too? Eight well, point hit. The thing is, you were always going to have to get rid of Trent. Um, yeah. Um, Salah, potentially. Oh, I, don't I don't know. Maybe I just keep Salah now. Maybe I just, I don't know. Maybe I just captain Grealish and just hope for the best. I, th- I feel that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you, Matt? Cap- uh transfer wise yeah i mean likewise uh salah news made it quite easy this week uh, so probably salah out for big hitter like bruno um and uh then choose between Werner and bruno for the captaincy uh and that's all dependent of course on the rest of these international fixtures where people are dropping like flies so uh yeah maybe bruno will be going off uh with an injury in the next few minutes yeah my my transfer, can I talk you through this and see if you guys think I'm mad? I was just looking at um, like a way to climb up the ranks a little bit because like Matt was saying, all the moves at the moment feel quite templated and that doesn't really feel like I'm going to climb any ranks if I just you know bring in De Bruyne for Sun and all that kind of stuff. So Trent out, I was thinking, looking at uh, Crystal Palace's next fixtures, next three, Burnley away, Newcastle at home, West Brom away, PVA... Uh, got an assist last week. He seems to be back from injury and back in the team. 5.4 as a little kind of placeholder for a Man City defender later on after those three fixtures. What do you think? That It's very on me, I feel. It's very Gary. Yeah, yeah, I'm channeling Gary. 
He's doing pretty um, well this season. It's if you can spare transfers, I think it's okay. I just feel like this season is not really one where you can like hop in and off players for like three game weeks, but maybe you can. I yeah. definitely can't, based on the fact they've got <laughs> Saiz, Trent, and Mitchell. It's a luxury transfer. Uh, a, yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, mean, I, I like the way you're debating it, but I don't believe for one second that you're going to make that transfer. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so my transfer is going to be Trent out for Diaz, pretty obviously, I'm sure. Um, I was hoping, Duncan, you were going to say you moved early on Chilwell or something. Well, yeah. that was the plan, but for some reason <laughs> I had some willpower this week. I don't know why. Oh, so smart. I don't know if it was or if I just lost interest. <laughs> just <the> international <laughs> football killed me. Um, if you don't follow us already on Twitter, give us a follow at FPLFFFanatics. Um, I think, Ben, you are doing a little roundup before the international break. I really like that. Things to watch out for. Um, yep. So, yeah, keep, keep an eye on our Twitter. And if you like the show, please rate and review us. Give us five stars um, and it will help other people find the show as well. We really appreciate that. Um, so, Matt, I'm going to say it quickly because I know your battery's running low. Thank <laughs> you for your insight. Cheers, Ben. Uh, ben. Cheers, Dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your insight, Ben. Uh, welcome. I've been on 15% for this time, so I've made it as well. We made it. We we did it with all the podcasters still on at the end of the pod. And that is unusual for us. I feel um, like I want to do a long monologue and see if it cuts out. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to sing us out? Two percent. <laughs> all right. And we will speak to you next week.